0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: BELIEVE.
1: We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission
0: from God.
1: Yeah, well, you know, O-Dog, our show dropping in is on the Believe Podcast Network. We got to get Braun Huesenstam, the owner and founder on at some point. But uh, this isn't the only show I host on there. Another show I host is called Warriors 24 with NBA Hall of Famer Rick Barry, my former colleague at VR. And he, <laughs> if, if anyone has, in my opinion, the greatest seed on the planet, it's Rick, because he has not one, not two, not three, not four but five fucking kids who are pro basketball <laughs> players. Five. I've never even heard of such a thing. Our next guest is the youngest of the progeny. He is a, he's a pro basketball player. He might be an Olympian. He is p- perhaps a nuclear engineer. And he's a surfer. Canyon Barry dropping in. Canyon, how you doing, brother?
0: Good, man. What's up, guys?
1: Not
2: much. Not much, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm totally curious. I want to kick this off. Um, where do you live right now? You surf, so where do you live? Tell, tell everyone.
0: Uh, well, right now I'm visiting my parents back in. I've been in Florida probably the past three or four months living. Nice.
1: Okay, so you're, you're visiting your so, family in Colorado. Did you go to Colorado because of how crazy it's become in Florida? Uh,
0: yeah, it was one of those things. I had a wedding with one of my friends in Colorado, and it was only supposed to be for the weekend. But my parents were like. You might as well stay for a little bit just with how, you know, Florida's the freaking hotbed of COVID right now. And, uh-huh. Uh Kind of crazy there. So, Dude, decided I- to stay here, spending some time with the family, but obviously, uh, not much water in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> but it's good to see right. them and hang out with the folks.
2: Oh, that's good. And I, I, I got to know, and you, obviously, everyone's been here in the media with these house parties and all the crazy stuff going on in Florida you know you you being in that area before like is it is it that not are they everyone raging like what's it like out here in california you just see the news and it's friggin' hyped up media but what's it like i'm curious
0: About like college crowds a lot i was on the beach and the parents out in bradenton so uh the lakewood ranch area that's where i'm staying i just kind of take care of their house in the off season while i'm living there and they're kind of like this old folks retirement community, you know, golf, pickleball, tennis. So, I'm a I'm a little isolated from the the young crowd there. I think you know all my neighbors are 50s and 60s. I'm probably the youngest guy in there by a good 10 years. But uh, it's been good, man. Florida's nice. Uh, you know, maybe not the safest spot right now, but <laughs> hot, there's water, there's waves, can't complain.
1: Yeah, That's this whole, bad. I don't think this, this country, when you look at the world, we're, we're in the worst country, I think outside of maybe God. Brazil in terms of avo- avoiding this thing, <laughs> what are you going to do, Brian? <laughs> it's crazy. <God. laughs> so Kenny and I, so, you know, um, first of all, I don't know if you remember, I, we met, but you were like a little kid, dude. You were like eight or nine years old, maybe a little older. This was back when your dad was hosting at KNBR. Any memory of that when I was your dad's producer?
0: Uh, yeah, no, I remember, I think I came in the studio a couple of days, you know, he did it from home a lot of the time, but when he was out in, uh, out in the Bay area, I remember coming into the studio, sitting in the chairs with the, the big mics and the headphones on and just waiting for him to be done with the show.
1: I love it. And, and so tell me, you know, I've never interviewed one of his kids. Um, what's it like having Rick as your dad? And what I mean by that is, I mean, he's dude, he's a hall of famer. In my opinion, he is one of the top 25 all time players ever, you know, you have four older siblings who played professionally in some regard and, and i might even be mistaken on that number because i think you have an older sister too i don't know if she played or not so is there pressure growing up like like did it was there was it instilled in you from a young age like i better be good at basketball or, or was it just something you did naturally
0: no uh my, my dad and both my mom you know my mom is a great player in her own right too But william and mary was all-time leading scorer for a while and um uh, you know a heck of a, a heck of a ball player so it was one of those things where it was great because it never really forced me into basketball or, you know, oh, you have to go practice or, oh, you know, you have to play basketball because of our family. It was just one of those things where growing up around the game, I sort of naturally gravitated towards it mm-hmm. just with being around it and all my brothers playing and my dad playing and my mom playing and traveling to celebrity events. And, um you know, obviously had a basketball in my hand at a young age. So it's just one of those things where. Um, you know you're kind of a child of circumstances and I was blessed to be born in I think probably one of the greatest basketball families of all time so I had great teachers and mentors and was able to learn from them and um, you know I'm fortunate enough that inherited a little bit of natural athletic ability and was able to um, you know be tall enough to play at a high level and and succeed and uh, just really love the game and I'm, I'm fortunate that I had parents that kind of didn't force me into it and let me come by it naturally.
1: Yeah, and Rick's talked about that, too, about how he tries never to pressure any of his kids, but, you know, just gives them the opportunity, if they like it, to go for it. And it seems like all of you love it. It's just crazy. It really is.
0: It's wild. It no, is, that's man. A- that's
2: awesome. And I think that so many good athletes, um, they come out of that, you know, just being around, around it. And I'm, I'm really curious. So, obviously, shredding at, at a basketball, h- how on earth did you start surfing? Um, was it, uh, were you just in the area, had some friends surf? I'm totally curious about that one.
0: Yeah, so obviously I grew up in Colorado where there was zero surfing unless you're, you know, behind a boat wake surfing. Um, mm, yeah. But then went to school out at College of Charleston um, in South Carolina. And my, my best friends there grew up in Virginia Beach. So they were big surfers, did surf contests in Virginia Beach. So then when I went to Charleston, moved in with them and just kind of got, you know, dragged into the the surf scene there. Charleston has some okay waves. It'll fire every now and then. And we usually go out to Folly Beach, but, um, you know, they all had the boards and were really good. So, you know, I've always loved water sports and wanted to get into it, but was just, you know, geographically challenged in that way. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to go to school by the beach. So they kind of, brought me out there I wouldn't say they taught me they kind of just gave me a board and said go figure it out you know they weren't the uh they weren't they weren't the type to just stand by me and push me into waves and you know they were out there surfing themselves they were kind of just like you know what just go figure it out and uh you know it's fun I love it man I picked it up and um and got into it and you know once once you catch that first wave the bug bites you uh-huh. Yes, that's true.
2: And, and uh, for those people that, that, you know, can say, oh, there's no waves out there, I, I, dude, I've gotten such good waves in Virginia. Um, I used to go out there once a year, they had the Virginia Beach Pro. Um, and, and dude, we would get such amazing waves. We drive a couple hours south. I forgot that whole like peninsula out there. Dude, my gosh, I was out there for a hurricane once and it was some, I mean, some insane, like world class waves. So pretty fun out there for sure.
0: No, yeah, it's great. I've gone back to visit them a couple of times and uh, they actually have a beach house on Virginia Beach, which is beautiful. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll go out there, nothing crazy, you know, two, three, four foot waves, take the longboards out and just have a bunch of fun. So I'm uh, yeah. really thankful that, you know, I got in touch with them and met them and kind of learned to surf through, through them and that connection.
2: And there's no girls out there either in the month
0: of August. <laughs> well, I guess right now, no. When
2: no. <laughs> we'd go there, Bob Beach, but you know, the whole theme of the Surf contest was Virginia for lovers, dude. It was nuts. <laughs> I was yeah, always like, crazy. what Charleston
0: the. Charleston for school, too. The Southern, all the Southern girls there. I think the, oh. the ratio of, of guy to girl at College of Charleston was like 60, 40 or 70, 30, oh. something absurd. Oh, third. No, dude. So wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a bad spot to go to school after. Poor, uh, poor, good poor good choice.
2: Good job. <laughs> not, that, not that he knew the ratio or anything, dude. Oh, I, already,
0: I already love you, dude. It's great. No, that, that, oh. was, that wasn't a factor in the decision at all, right? None.
1: I remember, yeah. this old, I remember this old interview years ago from Bird Reynolds. He passed away, the actor, about, you know, he's he talking about, I think he was like a quarterback at Florida State, and, and he was talking about his recruitment and what college he was, just, he was deciding to go to. And, and the recruiter at Florida State said, well, you know, we have like a 70 to 30 girl to guy ratio. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go here. That was his pick. <laughs> that was the single variable that made him decide in that school. That's amazing. Uh, what, like how, like how, uh, like where are you in your in your overall surfing level of skill? Like, 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 do you ride all kinds of boards? Are you strictly longboarding? Like, like, how comfortable are you, and where do you consider yourself?
0: Uh, I'm definitely not like a pro by any means, but um, you know, I can ride shortboard and longboard. I actually did. So it's tough because you know how it is being a professional athlete in basketball time. It's not like I can just, you know, drop everything and go surf if the waves are good. You know, I have other other obligations, unfortunately, with school and sports and, um, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I'd say kind of like my surf breakthrough was we would probably go as much as we could in Charleston, especially a lot in the off season, if the waves are ever good, we were out there. But uh, I mean, you know how it is. It's with the waves in Charleston, you don't get that many good days. And when you mm-hmm. do, it's packed. So it wasn't like a great place to learn, I don't think. Um, but <laughs> after I graduated from college, I actually took a surf trip down to Costa Rica. or uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Costa Rica in uh, Tamarindo. Um, and just did a week long surf camp and absolutely loved it, man. It was, it was great. And I think that's kind of when, I was able to get a lot better just because you're literally surfing from, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. all day, every day for a week with the worst day. There is probably the best day I ever had in Charleston um, where you just (laughs) can get as many repetitions as you want. It's not crowded. You know, the lineup's empty. So, so that was great. And I love it. Um, You know, I'm still trying to get better. I'm on the, the East coast of Florida I mean, the West coast of Florida, so I'm on the Gulf side. So there's not really a ton of waves. So if I ever want to surf, I kind of got to go um, East coast, but um, you know, I loved it. I've picked up a bunch of water sports because of surfing. I'm a big kite boarder now and oh, um, you know, Gulf, nice. of, Gulf is a great spot to kite board um, started foiling there on the kite and really love that. I think that's probably one of my favorite things to do now, but um, you know, whenever I'm by a beach, if there's waves, I'm trying to get out there.
1: That's crazy. I'm not a big fan of the foils, but I could see it working with kite surfing. That's like a whole different beast, unless you get near people and kill them. uh,
0: I've I've never surfed one just surfing a foil, but it's awesome with kiteboarding because you can go out on a light wind day where you would have zero chance of getting up normally and just kind of cruise around. It's super chill. You feel like you're floating around on the water, but I love it, man. It's awesome.
1: You're, you know, your dad always uses the excuse of his height for not getting into surfing. He said he tried it once or twice, and, and it's always the same story that he chafed his nipples because he wasn't wearing a rash guard, which is always funny to me. But he always, bl- <laughs> but he always blames his height because of the, the, you know, the high center of gravity, and so it's harder to balance. Yeah. But you're like pretty much the same height as he is, maybe like an inch off. Like, so how are you and Brett doing so great when he didn't?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's more of an excuse than a, uh, a viable reason. I will say, I don't think height really helps you. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, I got a great yeah. advantage. I'm super tall on this, you know, tiny stick of you know, wood trying to surf out there. But I do think that, you know, it's easily overcome if you uh, put enough effort into it. And
1: yeah, exactly. That's,
2: that's okay. right. And how tall are you exactly?
0: I'm 6'6". Six, six. I'm 6'6".
2: So you do that, what, Jordy Smith is six two i think right jo- yeah I mean, like, six still more there there's anyways like like some some hot professional surfers right now are getting taller like it's it's yeah it, it for was sure. so dominant right? fanning pretty tall too no yeah mick fanning there's a couple guys um b Derbidge is pretty tall um there's quite a few um coyoten they're all pushing that like six two six three area
1: on oh, owen wright's kind of tall too i think yeah Dude, right? owens
2: he's a beast man the guy yeah. does not look like he should be a surfer he looks like he should be I don't know Phelps <laughs> when you hang out <laughs> with the guy they call him the alien. <laughs> it's
1: I mean, there's there's like advantages in both. I mean, I could see the advantage with height being you have longer arms, so that that probably results in stronger paddle strength, you know. And then once you're up, you're probably pumping and producing more energy than you would if you're smaller. So I could see I could see advantages on both sides. But the pop up is probably the hardest part, right? Like once you get going, That's
0: for it's for sure. You just got gangly ass limbs and stuff. You got to <laughs> kind of tuck it all a small spot to pop up so, like that i think that's probably the toughest and then you know depending on how big a wave you're surfing you just doesn't have the power to to push you like it does with smaller guys
2: that's yeah. awesome and and uh, you know just to uh, switch subjects a little bit i mean obviously with covid front and center all over the friggin place um how's that affecting like your training and and i mean i've talked to so many athletes that are just Fucking upside down, you know, like they're just trying to center in, figure figure shit out, really, you know. That I mean, because most athletes are routine, right? So, so uh, break it break it down how it affected you, man.
0: Yeah, so the first, like when it first hit and everything went to crazy shutdown, it was awful. Like we had, so I was in Florida then with my parents. They were still in Florida. We were we were at their place. I was in the G League. Was in Iowa. Probably last month of our season, NBA gets postponed. G League gets canceled. So I get out of there, fly back to Florida. I'm like, all right, good. I'm going to be in the sun. I'm going to be out of the cold in Iowa. It's going to be good. (laughs) But then everything shuts down. So no gyms, no weight rooms, no basketball, no nothing. I mean, they even, like, we're putting two-by-fours over all the the basketball, like, public courts, like, open outdoor park courts. They put two-by-fours and zip-tie them over the rim. So, like, you could not shoot anywhere. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so we tried to make this little like home gym. My mom literally had like two dumbbells and that was the extent of our, our weightless equipment. <laughs> but we got lucky. One of our uh, neighbors is a personal trainer. So she went to her gym and kind of just stole a bunch of stuff and we brought it back and made this <laughs> little like Rad. tiny workout thing. Went to Goodwill, bought like this $5 purple little shitty Ottoman bench thing and started turning <laughs> it into like a bench press bench. Like it was wild. We were having a to do whatever we could. So that was brutal. I mean, obviously the basketball went to total shit because didn't shoot at all, didn't play at all, had no scrimmaging, had no, I mean, yeah. couldn't even shoot on a hoop. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was brutal, but at least we had that little home gym, got some good workouts in. And then when they went to what stage two or whatever they called it, where they opened up gyms and like, you just had to wear a mask and social distance and wipe everything down and all that stuff. At least that was better. Cause then I could get back on like my full regimented weightlifting training um you know physical therapy type program but still i mean even now i'm super limited in what i can do basketball wise it's just you can't find a gym that's open and it's yeah. tough to practice outdoors man with just shooting and wind and rain and all those conditions and uh, <laughs> oh everything right. like oh that so
2: i've and, and, uh, been I mean, doing I the best
0: mean, i can yeah. but it's not great
2: yeah and yeah. I, I mean a lot of athletes too like the ones i'm uh, buds with it's like they're also getting their body worked on too and they said that's been affecting them too you know because uh, whatever whatever you're stimming this you're freaking nursing that well oh you your know massages
1: whatever. i know yeah. like the happy endings are gone
2: yes no horrible, happy
1: endings. horrible.
2: <laughs> exactly so <laughs> it's it's gnarly dude it's gnarly <laughs> do, you, do you do you work with like a uh, physical therapist at all too or it, it, has that team kind of been diminished or do you work that stuff
0: um, yeah, for a little bit when I'm, uh, I try to get a massage usually like once a month or so just to, you know,
2: totally. get the
0: knots out, try to get my muscles feeling good, all that kind of stuff. But in the off season, that's not something I've been super worried about. Like obviously when we were in season, we had the trainer with, you know, stim, ice, Norma, Beck, all the cryotherapy, all that recovery options. Yeah. But then in the off season, it's one of those things where you're kind of on your own, but you know, I mean. A lot of my off-season recovery is mainly just, like, foam rolling, trying to get in a cold tank, uh, you know, band workout, stretching, stuff like that. So, it hasn't been too bad like that, but like you said, obviously, like, if you're in season and you have to, to deal with that, it's a much bigger deal where you can't have massages or contact with anyone or you don't have your physiotherapy, you know, being able to do manual therapy or joint release or anything like that, so... You know, a lot of athletes are are getting affected, and you know, it's not mm-hmm. just athletes; it's everyone across the world. Everyone is changing, mm-hmm. changing how life functions day to day.
1: Yeah, this is. I mean, this is we're gonna. This is gonna go in the history books, no doubt. I mean, there's a someday down the road we'll look back on this as like a really fucked up time, man. And <laughs> I hope we get out of this soon. Uh, you you know, and speaking of everything shutting down in basketball, I if I believe your dad was telling me, and I'd read this online as well, that you were gonna at least. um attempt to qualify for the Olympics as part of that new big three format or the three on three format the Olympics was uh, integrating uh, in basketball and you were going to possibly represent the United States because they were only accepting amateur players and I guess the G League doesn't violate that rule Um, tell us about that are you like still is that still on track I mean did that is that a setback now like like what's what's your path uh, going forward with the Olympics.
0: Yeah, man, that was that, that was brutal. So it's FIBA three-on-three. On three. It's one of the new Olympic sports along with surfing. Um, so it was one of those things where uh, the way FIBA structured it, they really made it to try to screw America over, if I'm being honest. Like the way they designed <laughs> this system basically made it so that there's no way that any NBA players can play three-on-three three because you have to go to all these foreign tournaments in the off season and accumulate points and then your team has to be made up of members with the highest points in your country. And so it's this huge, long kind of um, process to try to qualify. But anyway, uh, I was selected to play on the world cup team last year. So me and three other teammates, we flew to Amsterdam uh, and the U S has actually never won a world cup in three on three, three on three was kind of invented, at least this style of three on three was invented in, in Europe and kind of those Eastern Bloc countries, Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia, um, and they've just dominated the sport for a long time. So, uh, we flew over there in Amsterdam and we actually won gold at the World Cup this year. So it was the first time the men's team had won gold, uh, which was just a huge honor, you know, you dream some about that as a kid, you know, standing yes. on the podium, gold medal around your neck, national anthem playing, got USA on your jersey. So, that was an unbelievable experience and then uh you know, obviously G League season happened place and then the partnership with the G League and USA basketball has been great because you know, if it's five on five or three on three, if USA basketball wants you for like a national team event, the G League will um, release you out of your contract and let the team sign another player, but they'll still pay you the G League salary. So it's been a great partnership between the G League and USA basketball and them kind of sacrificing some of their players to allow USA to compete in these events. So a lot of the G League guys will go to, um, you know, FIBA, Cup and five on five stuff, but then they started doing it for three on three too. So I actually got released. I got selected to be on the Olympic qualifying team. So we were actually out in California training in in L.A. I got released from the G League so I could go do it. We trained for like a week in L.A. We were going to fly to Pittsburgh, do a week training camp with the women's three-on-three team and our coaches. And then we were actually headed to uh, India for the Olympic qualifying tournament when COVID went down and just Canceled everything, man. Canceled the tournament. So none of us flew out to India. We got stuck here in America. And then, you know, it was a big, well, what's going to happen with the Olympics? So obviously now that's postponed until 2021. But uh, we're still on the Olympic qualifying team. So next May, we're headed out. I think the tournament got switched to somewhere in Europe, maybe Austria. I don't really remember. I'm not sure. It's a a ways out. But um, so we're going to go there. It's 20 countries and the top three countries qualify for the Olympics. So um, really Good. hoping to be able to represent the U S well and qualify and, you know, get to Tokyo and try to bring home a goal.
2: Nice. Nice. And are you guys favored holding the gold going into this?
0: Um, yeah. So the way it works is it's only an eight team tournament in the Olympics. So it's the first year and just budget wise, I don't think they could afford to do a normal like 16 team thing. I think it's kind of like the trial run in the Olympics to see if people like it, if it's popular, et cetera, et, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So there's eight teams. So the way it works is the host country got a bid, and then three of the top countries in the world point wise get bids um, and we were right on the brink of that uh you know a little political thing some other countries might have forged some points here and there, but you never know I mean of course no uh, can't say anything about that, but uh you know I think we obviously should have gotten a bid, but it, it wound up that we didn't so now we have to go qualify, so there's the four teams so we got. Home team bid three bids from the top countries with points then you get three bids from the qualifying tournament is seven and then I think this is stupid but the way they're doing it is one team that has never qualified for the Olympics in basketball gets a bid so they're having a tournament for all the countries that have never qualified in basketball um, oh, gosh. which i don't i don't I don't know why you wouldn't just want the best eight countries to you know show down but it is what it is I'm not running the uh, FIBA or the Olympics so <laughs> if I ever do I might change it but uh, yeah, so it'll be eight teams. And like I said, I think we got a good shot of qualifying. The tough thing with three on three, though, is um, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with the rules. So it's only a 10 minute game. It's ones and twos and it's first to 21 point or 10 minutes, whatever comes first. So ah. it's a lot harder than a five on five game where, you know, you got an hour and a half or two hours. And then, you know, in a five on five game, the better team usually wins because there's a bigger margin for error that you can come back, you know, say the team that you're way better than gets hot and is up 10, you know, 10 points in the first half. You got the whole second half to come back. We could be way better than a team. They can hit, you know, three twos and be up eight zero and there's only five minutes left and it's tough to come back. So, um, you know, it's a really fast paced sport. It's live after the ball goes through the hoop. So, you know, if someone makes a layup, you immediately start guarding. They try to block the three-point line, and once they get past the three-point
1: line, to <laughs> I cut out there for a second. But it, it just, it just it sounds like just playground rules, except the clock is weird. So, so in other words, the whoever leading after 10 minutes or whoever gets a 21? Is that how it works? Who is that the winner? Oh, Candy, you still there? Hello? Oh, yeah, there, there you Hello? are. You're back i hear you now all right yeah that's right that's right yeah so, so
0: first 21 whoever's leading that's it gotcha it's just like yeah it's just like
1: playground rules it sounds like this seems fun sounds fun um, to watch
2: i mean right yeah, I mean, yeah like dude for for someone who's foreign to that sport like globally it sounds like a great idea to get that going in the
0: olympics no, it's fun. It and like, the way they the way they structure cool. it is all outdoors too so it's outdoor arenas like yeah. open seating they you know, they bring up food trucks, beer trucks, everything. Like they're trying to get more of like a street ball type atmosphere to it, like you're playing at like Rucker Park versus, you know, a seated NBA arena kinda atmosphere.
2: Sounds right. like a really cool thing with a fucking shitload of politic crap. <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. Uh,
2: really well, that thing of keep it simple, stupid? Like, come on, man. Yeah, like,
0: yeah it's what, crazy. What, yeah. Well, it seems like the same uh, sorry, go ahead. We had a tournament out in Venice beach too. So like we play outdoors on beaches everywhere, like all over. So there's nice. some in LA every year and it's great. You go out and play on Venice beach on the three on three courts out there. And then, you know, try to hop in the ocean and catch some waves after you're done hooping. There you go. <laughs> that's, there, that's cool. it's,
1: and it seems like the same convoluted complicated process that surfing is going through in the Olympics where instead of just having the best surfers around the world, you only have like two from each country. And so there's a lot of countries that just do clearly do not have good surfers, but the Olympics is going to welcome them. Whereas like a guy like Kelly Slater, because he finished third in the U S he's not in, it's kind of crazy. So, but that's the Olympics for you, man. It's unique and it's different. Um, But you know, Cannon, question for you. I'm curious to know if you consider yourself having a legitimate fair shot of playing in the NBA. The reason why I ask is because when you look at nearly every measurable statistically, physically, you know, you, you seem to make the grade. And the NBA, more than ever, is rewarding three-point shooting and outside shooting, which, you're, which you excel at. Um, but, the, but you're not, in my opinion, you're not getting the opportunities needed. And, and I feel like you even got screwed over more when the Warriors made that trade for Andrew Wiggins because they sent a bunch of players to the Timberwolves G League team, which is who you play for, and it reduced your minutes yep. even more. So, in in my opinion, like, why why do you think you're not getting a fair shot? And if you got that shot, how do you think you would do in the NBA?
0: Um, So, like you said, I don't want to say that I haven't gotten a fair shot. Um, I think it's just how the dice and how the cookie crumbles, whatever saying you want to use, you know. Um, I do know that I'm skilled enough to play in the NBA. I have no doubt about that. I know I could help a team. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where you really just have to be in the right spot at the right time, unless you're one of the, you know, top eight lotto picks. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like having played in the G League, that league is so talented top to bottom. And mm-hmm. I know that, I mean, we've seen it. There's players, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, you know, players that go from killing in the G League to being very productive NBA players. And it's one of those things where, you could really take some of the top players in the G League and replace them with end-of-roster NBA guys, and there would be zero drop-off whatsoever. And I'm 100% convinced of that. So it's one of those things where you really just got to be in the right spot at the right time, where if you're in the G League, you got to be on a team where they're not sending – um, they're rookies down that play your position because, you know, they're guaranteed 30 minutes a game. You got to be in a team where you're getting an opportunity to to score and touch the ball. You got to be in a team where the system fits you. You got to be on a team where, you know, maybe the parent team has some injuries and they need to call some people up. It's one of those things where um, obviously you have to be a high level basketball player to compete in the G league or in the NBA or play professionally at any level. But it really comes down to being in the situation and making the most of, Uh, the minutes you get. And that's what I've tried to do this year. Like you said, you know, we had a a tough year with a lot of young players on the Timberwolves. And then the trade happened, like you said, with the Warriors, where we got even more young guys where, you know, at one point we were starting five NBA players on our our G League team where that's, (laughs) you know, all right, well, we got five guys getting 30 minutes a game and, you know, your minutes get cut from 20 minutes to 10 minutes. But that's part of the G League is you you can't let that affect your mindset and mentality and be like, you know, Oh, I'm getting screwed. This is bullshit. Yada, yada, yada. You really just got to say, all right, I'm going to make the most with the minutes I get. I'm going to try to show them what I can do. I'm going to be a good teammate. I'm going to cheer my teammates on, you know. So you really just have have to have the right mindset and just be mentally tough and try to, to do all you can to show, you know, your ability on the basketball court.
1: That's a great attitude. I love that positivity. And I hope at some point, and your, your dad's very critical of so many of the the decision makers, of the, the those in charge of personnel in the NBA. I think rightfully so. You're a perfect example of that. And you bring up these G League players, again, who all they needed is an opportunity. And when they have it, they show exactly what they could do. Um, so I hope you get that shot soon, man. I really do. I, it, it, something else very fascinating about you, we're going to wrap this up in just a second here is that you? when you finish your undergraduate studies at Charleston, which on a side note, I hear is a phenomenal city. I've, I haven't, I've been to 34 states in the country. I haven't been there and I want to visit at some point. Um, but you went back to graduate school in Tom Petty's hometown of Gainesville, Florida, correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, to get your master's degree in nuclear engineering. Explain that and just tell us what you plan on doing. Are you gonna be a scientist someday? Like what's the whole, what's going on there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you've met my mom uh, a bunch of yeah. times, so you know she's the uh, academic influence. You know, unbelievably smart, driven lady. So she always stressed the classroom side of things when I was in school, and um, you know, you always have to have a backup plan in case basketball doesn't work, or you get hurt, or, or mm-hmm. anything like that happens. So I was fortunate enough to have her kind of pushing me academically, coming from a side with you know, her brothers are doctors. Her dad was a doctor, so. Um, Just a very well-educated family. So I was always kind of drawn towards science. I was never a writer or an artist or anything like that. I was always more of a math science brain. So was in high school, had a great physics teacher, really, really enjoyed physics and was like, oh, this could be cool. I think I want to do engineering. So then went to College of Charleston. Uh, They didn't have an engineering program. So I continued and just did a physics major because with a physics degree, you take a lot of the same classes that an engineer would take um so knocked out the physics degree from charleston and then when i grad transferred to florida um i was like all right great i can start my master's and try to get a master's in engineering so a lot of the schools and part of the reason why i transferred because i love charleston so much was just they didn't really have a master's program that i wanted to do and it's one of those things where why you know kind of waste a year academically when I could get a year of schooling paid for and start Mm -hmm. a master's degree and you know um, advance you know academically not just basketball wise so looked at Florida they had a great nuclear engineering program I had just taken nuclear physics my last semester at Charleston it was probably my favorite physics class I took so I said hey why not I'm gonna try to do nuclear engineering and Florida had a great Program for that. They actually have a, a nuclear reactor, like a, a student test reactor, on campus. So wow. having access to that was super cool. Um, and just went there and finished the first year of my masters, and then it was a struggle to finish the rest of it because I was playing overseas, was playing in the G League, was having to try to do you know online classes while I was playing pro basketball, which is a full time job in itself. But finished it out, man. Got the masters in nuclear engineering, and now just who knows if I'm ever going to use it. It's one of those things where I'm going to play sports as long as I can, as long as I love it. And, uh, as long as my body holds out. And then I know I got a good fallback option when, uh, when the ball stops bouncing. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. My, my father's a physicist. So dude, that's frig, friggin' awesome. And I, I feel growing up around that, that you, you, you obviously have a, tip, uh, a type of brain that grasp that, dude. It's friggin' it's rad.
1: That's super well, cool. So, Omar, your dad's what a, a chemistry professor. What, what, did, what uh, was his he, he was? has
2: a degree in uh, physics, um, but um, he was uh, uh, he taught uh, uh, electronic engineering, mathematics, and physics for twenty four wow. years. Yeah. That's great. And uh, Canyon,
1: you're, you're one step away from being a professor yourself. And I'll tell you, man, it's a fulfilling career. Eventually, if you're playing days are over, man, it's not a bad profession to get into. You're not going to be a millionaire, but you still make good money and the summer's <laughs> off or a yeah. beautiful thing, dude. You go surf every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before before we let you go, man, uh, you know, I, the whole reason why I even thought of surfing with the Barry family is that your old brother Brent, and the picture is not there now, but on his Twitter account for a while, his cover photo had a a photo of someone, I don't know if it was him, and I want to interview him on the show at some point, but it, it looked like it was him surfing this, like, double overhead thick barrel. Yeah, he and was I-
0: getting, I, I know exactly what picture you're talking about. He was just getting absolutely barreled in some massive wave, and like I yeah. said, I don't know if it was yeah. him, I hope it was, but I know he ripped <laughs> a really good surfer, so, uh, you know, definitely try to get him on the show. I'm sure he'd love to talk about it, but yeah, uh, yeah that's I a, that it was- picture. I know what you're talking about.
1: You never asked him though. like, are you guys close? Like, do you guys talk regularly? Like, do you go surf together? I mean, I, I, so that picture was uh, insane. I've
0: never, yeah, I've never surfed with him. I would love to do it. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where, like, we're in such different ages of our yeah. life. we like, I'm so young and playing, and he's, you know, older, has a family, works crazy hours working for the Spurs. Like, so, but, yeah, one summer I definitely want to get out there, and if I'm ever back out in California, I'm going to hit you guys up. I need a, a good surf lesson. You guys got to get me better.
2: Does, uh, you, i don't think does. i don't
1: think you need a, i don't think you need a lesson but we'll go surfing with you i, yeah, I, it I would, would love it. perfect i'll take perfect. you to some
2: mental waves and i'll make sure you get some put it that way dude <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn it. Damn it. oh man canning it was a pleasure you could can follow Candy and barry on social media on twitter his account is at uh, C barry 719 i believe the 719 is for the area code of colorado uh and then you can That's follow good. can is that right and then uh you can follow Canning on Instagram, just at Canningberry. His name, Canning. Man, it was it was great to talk to you. It's been Jesus. I'm since like 30 years since I last spoke to you or something. No, it couldn't been that long. Maybe like 20 um, since you were a kid, dude. I mean, you're just a little grommet, and now you're all grown up and playing pro basketball. You're a nuclear engineer, surfing. <laughs> good for you, man. Congratulations on everything. Anything else you want to plug before we go, or uh, anything you want to promote? Oh no,
0: man, all good, all good. Okay. Give me a follow. <laughs> out. Uh, everybody stay safe here in these uh, crazy fricking COVID times.
1: Uh, it is crazy, man. Uh, canyon was a pleasure,
0: brother.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on, yeah, dude. Thanks for
1: having me, guys.
2: God, good good luck with uh, your career and beyond, dude. It's awesome.
1: Appreciate y'all. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Take your canyon later. And that's Canyon Barry, pro Brilliant. basketball player. Oh, dog, how you doing, brother? Bad you ass, good, dude? That
2: guy's nuts.
1: It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is man that's that's a, that's a crazy life he's living dude and, 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 and we cool. didn't mention like but like his mom is also a hall of fame basketball player so i remember i remember when i met him when he was a kid he was like nine or ten i can't remember how old he was but yeah, yeah i remember like seeing his mom and all that i'm like oh my god this kid is just destined for greatness and and we're seeing it
2: right right that's so cool. I mean, it's crazy. How it be, but you know what? Like things just come together, right? You you get married to the person who's who has similar passions. Right. And, then, yeah. you know, and then, and then the offspring of what happens, whether you, like, you know, it's it's any sport. It's it's nuts. Right. It's crazy. It's super cool. I think
1: it is, dude. But, you know, and speaking of the Atlantic Ocean and surfing Charleston and all that, I feel like the Atlantic this summer is getting better waves than we are on the Pacific side. Dude, like it weird. is it's just, this
2: summer. My gosh, the summer's been flat here, right? So flat,
1: flat, dude. I mean, it's yeah, it really is small. I mean, there, there's some days where I don't mind it being super small because you're not paddle battling and you're just it's just not stressful. But we've had such a long spell now, <laughs> Yeah, dude, It's like,
2: been a full month of flatness, dude. Last good swell was uh, a fourth of July, so it's like, wow. oh my gosh, man, brutal. But, um, but yeah, and it's been going off over there, of course, bringing us back to our last interview. Um, meteorologist was saying that yeah that that side's gonna be nuts and <laughs> that's where the waves are gonna be from all the hurricanes from global warming right dude yeah uh, maybe, I mean, maybe that'll be the new uh the new surf trip or something i don't know <laughs>
1: <right>. <laughs> during the summer at least yeah when you actually want to get some swell
2: yeah that's cyclone fun. tracking
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> man oh dog you doing good man are you going out are you surfing
2: yeah no yeah I took the kids out last night I mean it's about half a foot here but super fun <laughs> for my kids so and, and in the evening it's been you know like 75 degrees uh, water's got super warm record water temps for this time of year which is cool um, but me surfing no about to lose my mind but that's okay because uh, you just
1: <laughs> like, longboarding just doesn't do it for you huh in like time. Uh, I, just my buddy my buddy Mark who you know he lives just uh, just down the street from you in Aptos. And he's been telling me he's, ha- he's been having to go over to, uh, to Surfman Risa just because that's the only place that's catching any swell right now in, in the Santa Cruz area, which is sketchy, dude. Because like a month dude. or so ago, like that surfboard shaper got murdered by a shark there, right?
2: Dude, it's so gnarly. Uh, yesterday, more shark sightings. There's been a, oh. a shark sighting there every couple days. It's oh. really bad. Um, yeah, the shark population just jumped. In the in the last couple of years, um, in that whole stretch of beach, which what is what are they uh, eating? Uh, <laughs> gosh, you know, I, I would that would be great. We got to get someone to discuss that on. I, I've heard so many rumors. Nicole. One is one is the seal population jumped. That's one rumor. I so what spoke. are the
1: seals eating though? Are there that many fish? Like is no, is I, no
2: This sounds weird, but I was talking to someone that that works in that industry, and he's saying that um, they made it a massive offense for fishermen to kill seals. And, that, and so fishermen will not kill him. And he said a Good. long time ago, they were killing him.
1: He they, said, they like, still do i mean yeah. i mean they're uh, old school days i mean you saw you saw i mean when we were little kids Locked. i don't even remember clubbing seals up in like the arctic in canada and stuff was a big thing yeah
2: or- he said he said in the bay they just shoot them like literally like, yeah and, and and he was telling me that because they cracked down on that that the seal population jumped and it's in an, it's bringing in sharks but i hey that was just someone i was talking to so i'm, I'm really curious myself It'd be so rad to have um someone with some knowledge because we should just, do that
1: it's really so yeah,
2: sharks it's gonna, everywhere.
1: And it uh, is sketchy as it's sketchy as fuck, man. Like here in the like yes. uh so my, so my buddy Mark came and visited me down here in, in Slow, the area I'm in, and we surf Pismo Beach for two days. By the way, you 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 told me something that I, I completely forgot about. That one of the I finally poned up the cash and subscribed to Surfline, not because of the forecast, but because of the fact that if you surf at a place that's right in line with those cameras, you can go back later and hit rewind and watch yourself surfing. I'm so oh. fucking addicted to that now. I know. Like,
2: I know. It's hilarious, like, dude. It is, <laughs> Everyone's dude. so into it. It, it, is, it is pretty cool, though. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's, it's very cool. It's yeah, very cool. The, have you seen the watch? The watch
1: is really funny. <laughs> I have no idea what you're even talking about. What is that?
2: Oh yeah, there's a watch that I forget how it works, but somehow it tunes in, tells you when your waves were or something, and you can like log on to Surfline and it automatically downloads your waves or something. I don't know. Some crazy... wait, so you wear
1: wait, wait so you mean, you wear a watch that is synced to the Surfline app. Yeah. So something when you're crazy like
2: that, yeah. So when you're out in the
1: you, wait, so you're, when you're out on the lineup, like the watch knows when you're catching waves and then it just basically marks the times or something is that wait, uh, well, some,
2: yes yeah, something like that I, I was reading about it and i was like okay i gotta close that that just sounds like an addictive toy that i can't afford right now
1: <laughs> hold on dude, i'm googling that dude i guess i gotta start with surfline watch is that how I, you would start yeah no, oh here it is Sur- no. capture your rides on video with surfline sessions
2: is that you what can- it's called Surfline sessions yeah
1: you connect your either your Apple Watch your I don't know what a Rip Curl watch is I'm guessing Rip Curl makes it um, yeah they, or, they do yep what is that dude is that is that a good watch
2: Rip Curl yeah they they probably make the best tide watches gosh in the world or industry at least in the surf really? yeah oh
1: I gotta they're, give me one of tide those tide watches are
2: epic they're expensive but they're sick
1: oh man I got okay yeah and I guess it just it literally just syncs with your um, Surfline and just crazy that is crazy. That, that is absolutely insane, <laughs> I know, dude. Oh my god! Oh my
2: gosh, I was thinking they should. People should start making their segments that way, right? Like all the pros, you don't even need a a video guy. <laughs> Just. Yeah come in and oh. your segment your youtube's already made but yeah,
1: sorry nelly think. yeah sorry we don't right. need you anymore
2: <laughs> i know gnarly huh?
1: oh, gosh. <laughs> oh man all right brother well you can follow what's your your instagram and twitter are both yours your name right omar yeah,
2: just just my name super basic I, i've been uh, cranking the twitters too so
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can follow me on on instagram at dog wild and you can follow me on twitter at dog surf Roadshow um yeah and until next time brother it's all this is always a pleasure dude it's one of the the bright moments of my life is doing these podcasts with you seriously
2: super fun what a great guest and everyone i'll catch you later you
1: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop